Hare Krishna, my dear devotees, welcome back to the daily readings of Srila Prabhupada's books, right here in the live studios of The Haven, which is located in Hive, Kent, Southeast England, just a stone's throw from the English Channel. This is where life is, and I realized that this last couple of weeks when I couldn't read because of disease and the separation was very profound and I feel like I'm back home with you and back home with the Srimad Bhagavatam and Srila Sanatana Goswami explains in his Srimad Bhagavatam Himastotram exactly why that is goes like this <clears throat> Sarva Shastravdipi Yusha Sarva Vedaikatasatpala Sarva Siddhanta Ratnaja Sarva Lokaika Drikprada O nectar from the ocean of all scriptures, singular fruit of all the Vedas, rich mine of the precious gems of all conclusive truths, you, you are the only giver of sight to all the worlds. <clears throat> Sarva Bhagavata Prana Srimad Bhagavata Prabho Kali Dvandotitaditya Sri Krishna Parivardita O life heir of all the Supreme Lord's devotees, O Master Srimad Bhagavatam, you are the sun risen in the darkness of Kali. You are the exact image of Sri Krishna. Paramananda Pataya Prema Varshak Shadayate Sarvada Sarvasevyaya Sri Krishnaya Namostume. I bow down to you who are supremely blissful to read. Your every syllable pours down a flood of prema. You can always be served by everyone. You are Sri Krishna Himself. Madeka Bando Matsangin Madguru Man Mahadana Manistadagamad Bhagyam my only friend, my constant companion, my spiritual master, my great wealth, my savior, my good fortune, my source of ecstasy, I bow down to you. Asadu sadhuta dayin atini chuchuta kada hanamunchagadachin mam premna rit kantayokspuda. O bestower of saintliness to the unsaintly, O exalter of the most fallen, please never leave me. Always appear in my heart and my voice with pure love. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Well, we've reached the 25th chapter of the fourth, the 25th chapter of the fourth canto of Srimad Bhagavatam in which Narada Muni is explaining the cold hard facts of life just what the world needs always but particularly at this time in the history of the earth, it's needed, you know, a bucket of cold water on the 
intoxicated residents of this planet. We're starting with text 28. Puranjana, who is an allegorical character created by Narada Muni and who is, represents the living entity, has come to a very beautiful city and there he has met uh, a very beautiful woman. And he's speaking to her. My dear beautiful girl, you are exactly like the goddess of fortune or the wife of Lord Shiva or the goddess of learning, the wife of Lord Brahma. Although you must be one of them, I see that you are loitering in this forest. Indeed, you are as silent as the great sages. Is it that you are searching after your own husband? Whoever your husband may be, simply by understanding that you are so faithful to him, he will come to possess all opulences. I think you must be the goddess of fortune, but I do not see the lotus flower in your hand. Therefore I am asking you, where have you thrown that lotus? Purport. Everyone thinks that his intelligence is perfect. Sometimes one employs his intelligence in, worship, in, in the worship of Uma, the wife of Lord Shiva, in order to obtain a beautiful wife. Sometimes, when one wants to become as learned as Lord Brahma, he employs his intelligence in the worship of the goddess of learning, Saraswati. Sometimes, when one wishes to become as opulent as Lord Vishnu, he worships the goddess of fortune, Lakshmi. In this verse, all these inquiries are made by King Puranjana, the living entity who is bewildered and does not know how to employ his intelligence. Intelligence should be employed in the service of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. As soon as one uses his intelligence in this way, the Goddess of Fortune automatically becomes favorable to him. The Goddess of Fortune, Lakshmi, never remains without her husband, Lord Vishnu. Consequently, when one worships Lord Vishnu, he automatically obtains the favor of the Goddess of Fortune. One should not, like Ravana, worship the Goddess of Fortune alone, for she cannot remain long without her husband. Thus, her other name is Chanchala, or restless. In this verse, it is clear that Puranjana is representing our intelligence while he is talking with the girl. He is not he is not only he not only appreciated the shyness of the girl, but actually became more and more attracted by that shyness. He was actually thinking of becoming her husband, and consequently was asking her whether she was thinking of her prospective husband, or whether she was married. This is an example of boga ichcha, the desire for enjoyment. One who is attracted by such desires becomes conditioned in this material world, and one who is not so attracted attains liberation. 
King Puranjana was appreciating the beauty of the girl as if she were the goddess of fortune. <clears throat> but at the same time, he was careful to understand that the goddess of fortune cannot be enjoyed by anyone except Lord Vishnu. Since he doubted whether the girl was the goddess of fortune, he inquired about the lotus flower she was not holding. The material world is also the goddess of fortune because the material energy works under, under the direction of Lord Vishnu as stated in Bhagavad Gita, Maya, Jakshena, Prakriti, Suyate, Sachadacharam. The material world cannot be enjoyed by any living entity. If one, so, if one so desires to enjoy it, he immediately becomes a demon, like Ravana, Hiranyakashipu, or Kangsa. Because Ravana wanted to enjoy the goddess of fortune, Sita Devi, he was vanquished with all his family, wealth, and opulence. One can, however, enjoy that maya bestowed upon the living entity by Lord Vishnu. The satisfaction of one's senses and desires means enjoying maya, not the goddess of fortune. Text 29 O greatly fortunate one, it appears that you are none of the women I have mentioned because I see that your feet are touching the ground. But if you are some woman of this planet, you can like the goddess of fortune, who accompanied by Lord Vishnu, increases the beauty of the Vaikuntha planets, also increase the beauty of this city by associating with me. You should understand that I am a great hero and a very powerful king on this planet. Purport. <clears throat> there is a difference between demoniac mentality and devotional mentality. Devotees know perfectly well that the goddess of fortune, who is the constant companion of Vishnu or Narayana, cannot be enjoyed by a living entity. This higher sense of understanding is called Krishna consciousness. Nonetheless, everyone wants to become happy by imitating the prosperity of Narayana. In this verse, Puranjana states that the girl appears to be an ordinary woman. However, since she is attracted by since he is attracted by her, he requests that she become as happy as the goddess of fortune by associating with him. Thus, he introduces himself as a great king with great influence, so that she might accept him as her husband and be as happy as the goddess of fortune. To desire to enjoy this material world as a subordinate of the Supreme Personality of Godhead is godly. The demons, however, want to enjoy this material world without considering the Supreme Personality of Godhead. This is the difference between a demon and a demigod. The word Bhuvisprik mentioned in this verse is very significant. When the demigods come, sometimes come to this planet, they do not touch the ground. Puranjana could understand 
that this girl did not belong to the transcendental world or the higher planetary system because her feet were touching the ground. Since every woman in this, in this world wants her husband to be very influential, rich and powerful, Puranjana, to, to seduce the girl, introduced himself as such a personality. In the material world, whether one be a man or a woman, one wants to enjoy. A man wants to enjoy a beautiful woman and a woman wants to enjoy a powerful, opulent man. Every living entity who possesses such material desires is called Purusha, an enjoyer. Superficially, it appears that the woman is the enjoyed and the man is the enjoyer, but internally everyone is an enjoyer. Consequently, everything in this material world is called Maya. Shiva Prabhupada Ki Jai. Text 30. Certainly your glancing upon me today has very much agitated my mind. Your smile, which is full of shyness, but at the same time lusty, is agitating the most powerful Cupid within me. Therefore, O most beautiful, I ask you to be merciful upon me. Purport Everyone has lusty desires within, and as soon as one is agitated by the movement of a beautiful woman's eyebrows, the Cupid within immediately throws his arrow at the heart. Thus one is quickly conquered by the eyebrows of a beautiful woman. When one is agitated by lusty desires, his senses are attracted by all kinds of vishaya, enjoyable things like sound, touch, form, smell, and taste. These attractive sense objects oblige one to come under the control of a woman. In this way, the conditional life of a living entity begins. Conditional life means being under the control of a woman. And certainly, a living entity is always at the mercy of a woman or a man. Thus, living entities live in bondage to one another. And thus, they continue this conditional material life Illusioned by Maya. Text 31 My dear girl, your face is so beautiful with your nice eyebrows and eyes and with your bluish hair scattered about. In addition, very sweet sounds are coming from your mouth. Nonetheless, you are covered with shyness so that you do not see me face to face. I therefore request you, my dear girl, to smile and kindly raise your head to see me. Purport Such a speech is typical of a living entity attracted by the opposite sex. This is called bewilderment, occasioned by becoming conditioned by material nature. When thus attracted by the beauty of the material energy, one becomes very eager to enjoy. This is elaborately described in this instance of Puranjana's becoming attracted by the beautiful woman. In conditional life, the living entity is attracted by a face 
eyebrows or eyes, a voice or anything. In short, everything becomes attractive. When a woman or a man is attracted by the opposite sex, it does not matter whether the opposite sex is beautiful or not. The lover sees everything beautiful in the face of the beloved and thus becomes attracted. This attraction causes the living entity to fall down in this material world. This is described in Bhagavad Gita 7.27 Ich chwa dvesha samutena dvandva mohina bharata sarva bhutani samoham sargayanti parantapa O sign of Bharat, Arjuna, O conqueror of the foe, all living entities are born into delusion, overcome by the dualities of desire and hate. The condition of life, this condition of life is called avidya. Opposed to this, avidya is real knowledge. Sri Ishupanishad distinguishes between vidya and avidya, knowledge and ignorance. By avidya, ignorance, one becomes conditioned, and by vidya, knowledge, one becomes liberated. Puranjana admits herein that he is attracted by avidya. Now he wishes to see the complete feature of avidya, and so requests the girl to raise her head so that he can see her face to face. He thus wishes to see the various features that make avidya attractive. Text 32 Narada continued, My dear king, when Puranjana became so attracted and impatient to touch the girl and enjoy her, the girl also became attracted by his words and accepted his request by smiling. By this time she was certainly attracted by the king. Purport By this incident we can understand that when a man is aggressive and begins to woo a woman, the woman becomes attracted to the man. This process is described in the Bhagavatam 5.5.8 as Pungsastriya Mituni Bhavametam this attraction is enacted on the platform of sexual life. Thus, the sex impulse is the platform of material engagement. This conditional life, the platform of material sense enjoyment, is the cause of forgetfulness of spiritual life. In this way, a living entity's original Krishna consciousness becomes covered or converted into material consciousness. Thus one engages in the business of sense gratification. Text 33 <clears throat> The girl said, O best of human beings, I do not know who has begotten me. <clears throat> I cannot speak to you perfectly about this, nor do I know the names or the origin of the associates with me. Purport the living entity is ignorant of his, of, of his origin. He does not know why this material world was created, why others are working in this material world, and what the ultimate source 
of this manifestation is. No one knows the answers to these questions, and this is called ignorance. But by researching into the origin of life, important scientists are finding some chemical compositions or cellular combinations, but actually no one knows the original source of life within this material world. The phrase Brahmajigyasa is used to indicate an inquisitiveness to know the original source of our existence in this material world. No philosopher, scientist or politician actually knows where from we have come, why we are here struggling so hard for existence and where we will go. Generally, people are of the opinion that we are all here accidentally and that as soon as these bodies are finished, all our dramatic activities will be finished and we will become zero. Such scientists and philosophers are impersonalists and voidists. In this verse, the Lord is expressing the actual position of a living entity. She cannot tell Puranjana her father's name because she does not know from where she has come, nor does she know why she is present in that place. She frankly says that she does not know anything about all this. This is the position of the living entity in the material world. There are so many scientists, philosophers, and big leaders, but they do not know where from they have come, nor do they know why they are busy within this material world to obtain a position of so-called happiness. In this material world, uh, in this material world, we have many nice facilities for living, but we are so foolish that we do not ask who has made this world habitable for us and has arranged it so nicely. Everything is functioning in order, but people foolishly think that they are produced by chance in this material world and that after death they will become zero. They think that this beautiful place of habitation will automatically remain. Text 34 O great hero, we only know that we are existing in this place. We, not, we do not know what will come after. Indeed, we are so foolish that we do not care to understand who has created this beautiful place for our residence. Purport This lack of Krishna consciousness is called ignorance. In Srimad Bhagavatam 5.5.5 it is called Parabhavas Tavadabodajataha. Everyone is born ignorant. The Bhagavatam therefore says that we are all born ignorant within this material world. In our ignorance, we may create nationalism, philanthropy, internationalism, science, philosophy, and so many other things. The basic principle behind all these is ignorance. What then is the value of all this advancement of knowledge if the basic principle 
is ignorance. Unless a person comes to Krishna consciousness, all of his activities are defeated. This human form of life is especially meant to dissipate ignorance. But without understanding how to dissipate ignorance, people are planning and building many things. After death, however, all of this is finished. Text 35 My dear gentlemen, all these men and women with me are known as my friends, and the snake, who always remains awake, protects this city even during my sleeping hours. So much I know. I do not know anything beyond this. Purport Puranjana inquired from the woman about those eleven men and their wives and the snake. The woman gave a, gave, gave a brief description of them. She was obviously without full knowledge of her surrounding men and women and the snake. As stated before, the snake is the vital force of your living being. This vital force always remains awake even when the body and the senses become fatigued and do not work and do no work. Even in the state of unconsciousness, when we sleep, the snake or the life force remains intact and awake. Consequently, we dream when we sleep. When the living entity gives up this material body, the vital force still remains intact and is carried to another material body. That is called transmigration or change of the body. And we have come to know this process as death. Actually, there is no death. The vital force always exists with the soul. And when the soul is awakened from so-called sleep, he can see his eleven friends or the active senses and the mind with their various desires, wives. The vital life force remains. Even during our sleeping hours, we can understand by virtue of our breathing process that the snake lives by eating the air that passes within this body. Air is exhibited in the form of breathing. And as long as, we, as breath is there, we, one can understand that the sleeping man is alive. Even when the gross body is asleep, the vital force remains active and alive to protect the body. Thus the snake is described as living and eating air to keep the body fit for life. Text 36 O killer of the enemy, you have somehow or other come here. This is certainly great fortune for me. I wish all auspicious things for you. You have a great desire to satisfy your senses and all my friends, and I shall try our best in all respects to fulfill your desires. Purport The living entity comes down into this material world for sense gratification, and his intelligence, represented by, this woman, by the woman, gives him the proper direction by which he can satisfy his senses to their best capacity. In actuality, however, intelligence comes from the super-soul, 
or the Supreme Personality of Godhead, and He gives full facility to the living entity who has come down to this material world. As stated in Bhagavad Gita 2.41, Vyavasayatmika buddhir ekeha kurunandana pahushakayanantascha buddhayo vyavisayinam Those who are on the spiritual path are resolute in purpose and their aim is one. O beloved child of the Kurus, the intelligence of those who are irresolute is many-branched. When a devotee is advancing towards spiritual realization, his only aim is the service of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. He does not care for any other material or spiritual activity. King Paranjana represents the ordinary living entity and the woman represents the ordinary living entity's intelligence. Combined, the living entity enjoys his material senses and the intelligence supplies all paraphernalia for his enjoyment. As soon as he enters the human form, the living entity is entrapped by a family tradition, nationality, customs, and so on. These are all supplied by the Maya of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Thus, the living entity, under the bodily conception of life, utilizes his intelligence to his best capacity in order to satisfy his senses. Śrīla Prabhupāda ki jāi. He's so clear. The purports are so clear. Text 37. My dear Lord, I have arranged, I have just arranged this city of nine gates for you so that you can have all kinds of sense gratification. You may live here for 100 years and everything for your sense gratification will be supplied. Purport. Dharmarta kama mokshanam darak samprapti hetavaha. The wife is the cause of all kinds of success in religion, economic development, sense gratification, and ultimately salvation. When one accepts a wife, it is to be understood that he is being helped in his progressive march toward liberation. In the beginning of life, a person is trained as a brahmachari and is then allowed to marry a suitable girl and become a householder. If one is thoroughly trained in household life, he finds all facilities for human life, eating, sleeping, mating, and defending. Everything is there if it is executed according to regulative principles. Text 38 How can I expect to unite with others who are neither conversant about sex nor capable of knowing how to enjoy life while living or after death. Such foolish persons are like animals because they do not know the process of sense enjoyment in this life and after death. Purport Since there are 8,400,000 species of life, there are also 
many different living conditions. In the lower grades of life, in plant and tree life, there is no system for sexual intercourse. In the upper grades, in the life of birds and bees, there is sex. But the insects and animals do not know how to actually enjoy sex life. In the human form of life, however, there is full knowledge of how to enjoy sex. Indeed, there are, there are many so-called philosophers who give directions on how to enjoy sex life. There is even a science called Kama Shastra, which is the science of sex. In human life, there are also such divisions as Brahmacharya, Grihastha, Vanaprastha, and Sannyas. There is no sex life except in Grihastha or householder or householder ashram. The Brahmacharya is not allowed any sex. A Vanaprastha voluntarily refrains from sex, and the sannyasi is completely renounced. The karmis do not practice brahmacharya, vanaprastha, or sannyas life, for they are very much interested in grihastha life. In other words, a human being is very much materially inclined. Indeed, all living entities are materially inclined. They prefer grihastha life because there is a concession for sex. The karmis think the other statuses of life are worse than animal life, for animals also have sex, whereas the brahmachari, vanaprastha, and sannyasi completely give up sex. sex. The karmis therefore abhor these orders of spiritual life. Text 39. <clears throat> the woman continued, In this material world, a householder's life brings all kinds of happiness in religion, economic development, sense gratification and the begetting of children, sons, and grandsons. After that, one may desire liberation as well as material reputation. The householder can appreciate the results of sacrifices which enable him to gain promotion to superior planetary systems. All this material happiness is practically unknown to the transcendentalists. They cannot even imagine such happiness. Purport. According to Vedic instructions, there are two paths for human activities. One is called Pravriti Marg and the other is called Nivriti Marg. The basic principle for either of these paths is religious life. In animal life, there is only Pravriti Marg. Pravriti Marg means sense enjoyment and Nivriti Marg means spiritual advancement. In the life of animals and demons, there is no conception of Nivriti Marg, nor is, there any, nor is there any actual conception of Pravriti Marg. Pravriti Marg maintains that even though one has the propensity for sense gratification, he can gratify his senses according to the directions 
of the Vedic injunctions. For example, everyone has the propensity for sex life, but in demoniac civilization, but in demoniac civilization, sex is enjoyed without restriction. According to Vedic culture, sex is enjoyed under Vedic instructions. Thus the Vedas give direction to civilized human beings to enable them to satisfy their propensities for sense gratification. In the Nivriti Mark, however, on the path of transcendental realization, sex is completely forbidden. The spiritual orders are divided into four parts, brahmacharya, grihastha, vanaprastha, and sannyas. And only in the householder life can the pariti marg be encouraged or accepted according to Vedic instructions. In the orders of brahmacharya, vanaprastha, and sannyas, there are no facilities for sex. In this verse, the woman is advocating pariti marg only and discouraging the path of nivriti marg. She clearly says that the yatis, the transcendentalists, who are concerned only with spiritual life, kaivalya, cannot imagine the happiness of praviti marg. In other words, the man who follows the Vedic principles enjoys the materialistic way of life, not only by becoming happy in this life, but also in the next life, by being promoted to the heavenly planets. In this life, such a person gets all kinds of material opulences, such as sons and grandsons, but he is always engaged in various religious functions. Because he is always engaged in various religious functions. I'll read that again. In this life, such a person gets all kinds of material opulences, such as sons and grandsons, because he is always engaged in various religious functions. The material distresses are birth, death, old age, and, and disease. Birth, old age, disease, and death. But those who are interested in Paritimarg hold various religious functions at the time of birth, old age, disease, and death without caring for the distresses of birth, old age, disease, and death. They are addicted to performing these special functions according to the Vedic ritualistic ceremonies. Factually, however, Pravitimarg is based on sex life. As stated in Srimad Bhagavatam 7.9.45 Yan maitunadi grihameti sukham mitucham A householder is too, who is too much addicted to Pravitimarg is actually called a grihameti, not a grihasta. Although the grihasta desires sense gratification, he acts according to Vedic instructions. The grihamedi, however, who is interested only in sense gratification, does not follow any Vedic instruction. The grihamedi engages himself as an advocate of sex life and also allows his sons and daughters to engage in sex and to be de deprived of any glorious end in life. A grihasta can enjoy sex life in this life as well as in the next, but a grihamedi does not know what the next life is, is about. 
because he is simply interested in sex in this life. On the whole, when one is too much inclined towards sex, he does not care for the transcendental spiritual life. In this age of Kali, especially, no one is interested in spiritual advancement, even though it is sometimes found that one may be interested in spiritual advancement, he is most likely to accept a bogus method of spiritual life being misguided by so many pretenders. Śrīla Prabhupāda ki jāi. Śrīmad Bhagavatam ki jāi. That brings to 747. And I don't mean the airplane. We'll, we'll stop our reading here today and start tomorrow's reading from text 40. And we'll, we'll, we'll wait casually, uh, but eagerly at the same time, for the reflections of the assembled devotees on these very important uh, purports and verses. Hare Krishna. First this evening is Paramohini Devi Dasi. Paramohini Devi Dasi. <coughs> Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna to you. And this is from Gopakanya Devi Dasi. Yes, Gopakanya Devi Dasi. Hare Krishna, dear Maharaj, and all assembled sages. All glories to Srila Prabhupada and Srimad Bhagavatam. Thank you, dear Maharaj, for your daily reading service. Though you look not fully recovered, please take care. All our prayers to you for your recovery. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it deeply. <laughs> Although I must say that I feel a lot better today. I feel like I'm on the mend. Hare Krishna. By the mercy of the Vaishnavas. I think the Christmas marathon is beginning. Yeah. We pray to Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Lord Nityananda to all the devotees who are healthy enough to go out and distribute Srila Prabhupada's books on this special month when people are although they're in anxiety now everyone is anxiety now but still the holiday season gives them some relief and they're usually in a better mood than the rest of the year so we pray that the devotees may take advantage stay spiritually strong by hearing sufficiently at the same time spending as much time as they can distributing these wonderful books that have the solutions to man's problems and can explain to people what is it what it is that's attracting them uh, to sex and material existence and how what is the difference between spiritual consciousness and material consciousness. And with that understanding, people can actually 
be satisfied in this material world. Otherwise, they're always looking after something new, always looking for something different, always looking for another uh, level of sense gratification. And as they enjoy sense gratification, their senses become dulled over time. And then they need more drastic or more perverted or more obnoxious uh, forms of sense gratification. And in this way, a materialistic civilization is built from the ground up through sex. Hare Krishna. These are the bare facts of life. The naked truth, as they say. One who is convinced of this truth and makes an effort to control the mind and senses and engage in the devotional service of the Lord with the aim of uh, awakening loving devotional service to the Lord in person uh, can live in this world happily. No one else. Hare Krishna. This is from Ananda Murti. Yes, Ananda Murti. Dear Guru Maharaj and all assembled devotees, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Thank you so much for reading Srila Prabhupada's books today. Well, you know, I feel very privileged and very <coughs> honored to be able to read Srila Prabhupada's books out loud at a time when, even in our movement, it's more needed than ever before. To put Srila Prabhupada in the center, to put his instructions in the center by accepting them and by trying to follow them to the best of our ability sincerely uh, will give us real purpose of life and real happiness. As they say, the truth will set you free. The graphic descriptions in these purports which describe how the living entity becomes entangled in material existence and how he goes on life after life after life trying to gratify his senses which are temporary by nature and living in a world of impossibility, uh, frustrated constantly, and then in ignorance going to another body to start the same process over and over and over again. And we have to do that until we become actually tired of it. Sometimes devotees ask, when will we, when will we stop to need to work in this material world? in an ordinary sense. Prabhupada said, when you're tired of it, you'll no longer have to work in ordinary sense. You can go out with Krishna and tend the cows in the forest and dance and chant and play games and enjoy real enjoyment with Krishna. Hare Krishna. This is from Vilas Manjari. Yes, Vilas Manjari. So, so happy to hear you, you're here. 
Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances, all glories to Srila Prabhupada. This allegory by Narada Muni is so clever. When I first read how the girl who represents our intelligence didn't know the names or origins of her associates, nor how she got to be there. She only knew that she is existing in this place. I was thinking, that's strange, how could she not know that? Then I realized, yes, that's our unbelievably foolish position in the material world. Thank you to Srila Prabhupada for giving us real knowledge through these books. Yes, without these books, who else is teaching these things? Practically everywhere you go, even the spiritualists are teaching those things because they don't know any better. What to speak of the gross materialists? Yes, this is the greatest gift that you can give to another person. Knowledge of how to become free from illusion. Hare Krishna. Thank you. This is from Bhakti Nikki. Yes, Bhakti Nikki. Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. What a wonderful reading this evening. I hope you are well. Today I heard, the living entity consults the intelligence on how to best enjoy sense gratification. And then a second, more subtle point really jumped out to me today. It was about how imitation of greater personalities is wrong. I thought of many examples of how our society is based on trying to imitate opulent people. The whole self-help field <laughs> is about how to be successful or happy mm. like other famous personalities, mm. rather than first understanding one's position mm. and then acting accordingly. Very nice. Everyone's wanting to live like the king, and so in every other class people are struggling with the basic necessities. It seems that understanding one's position and hence one's duty, is the key to both happiness and spiritual advancement. Yes. Because real happiness only comes from spiritual advancement. It's actually true. Exactly true. That's a very nice reflection, by the way, and your logic and reasoning and the flow of your intelligence was very nice. Thank you so much, Bhakti Nikki. This is from Dalu Gora Das. Yes, Dalu Gora. Haribo. Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Sri the Prabhupada. I was appreciating how clear Sri the Prabhupada's purports are. Yes. We so desperately need to hear this information to help ourselves and help others. Yes. Precisely. Essential truth spoken concisely is true eloquence. And this is from Subhrao Rajagopal. Yes, Subhrao Rajagopal. Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances and all glories to Sri the Prabhupada. Thank you for your daily readings. There are many gems in this allegorical story by Narada Muni. Prabhupada's brilliant purports are illuminating the complexities of the material life. One of the many gems is 4.5.34, quote, Unless a person comes to Krishna consciousness, all of his activities are defeated. Mm. 
This human form of life is especially meant to dissipate ignorance, but without understanding how to dissipate ignorance, people are planning and building many things. After death, however, all of this is finished. Unquote. In this context, I remember this verse from Canto 1, Chapter 2. Tarmak svanushtitak pung sang vishvaksena katasriyaha the occupational activities a man performs according to his own position are only so much useless labor if they do not provoke attraction for the message of the Personality of Godhead. Daily Readings Kijai Hare Krishna. Nice reflections. Thank you very much. Thank you, Subarao. And this is from Anandamurti. Yes, Anandamurti. Today I heard how the human life will be fallen if we use our senses only for our material satisfaction. Mm. Thank you so much. This reading is like a daily vaccine against the gross material life. Thank you so much. Yes, this is the real inoculation. <laughs> This is real knowledge, real vidya, as we heard about in one of the first purports, the difference between vidya and avidya. Avidya takes us into the darkness and vidya takes us into the light. But both vidya and avidya are products of material nature. Vidya's knowledge in the mode of goodness, avidya, knowledge in the mode of passion and ignorance but we must come to shuddha, sattva, to real knowledge by performing devotional service according to the instructions and examples of the great souls that have lived on this planet this is the only solution to find out who those great souls are and we find them out by hearing submissively the Srimad Bhagavatam and listening to their profound instructions and this allegorical story teaches us you know what not to do <laughs> how not to see things at, at, at the same time how to see things how know how to know what to do and what not to do what binds us what liberates us what real success is what the purpose of life is Hare Krishna. Bhakti Nikki says, Thank you for your encouragement, Maharaj. Hare Krishna, you deserve it. All right, again, another life of, another night, rather, of. Freedom from material anxiety. Just think about it. While we're actually hearing and relishing and reflecting upon this profound knowledge in the Srimad Bhagavatam, where is our anxiety? It goes right out the window, actually. So let us make this our goal, to hear and chant always the Srimad Bhagavatam, Gita Bhagavatam, Chaitanya Charitamrita, 
Hare Krishna, and to worship the Supreme Lord with love and devotion. Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai, Samaveda Bhaktavinda ki jai, Gaur Premanandi Hari Hari Bo. So see you tomorrow night, same time, same place, same topic, as Narada Muni enlightens us about what this material world is and gives us the strength and the knowledge and the understanding how to live in this world and become free from this illusion. See you tomorrow. Hare Krishna.